people go on about veganism and b12 and all these things and say oh it's deficient oh you need supplements well the supplement industry has existed for years and years and years right holland barris has been there for years it's not vegans that have been keeping supplement yeah. industry alive it's it's everyone Manil, how are you, mate? Yeah, not bad. Thank you very much for your time. I know you're busy. No worries. Had the day off today, so... Worked uh, out lovely well. work, mate. Yeah, all good. I've been following you for a while, mate, on social media. And a few months ago, noticed your physique and your passion for vegan bodybuilding. So I thought I'd drop you a message. And you've been kind enough to come on and give us a chat. So thank you very much. No, thanks for having me, mate. Manil is, uh, so you're currently an NHS doctor and you're training to become a general practitioner. Yep. A vegan for six years, uh, passionate about animal rights, fitness and health. You've got a background in powerlifting and bodybuilding and your main message is to show others that you do not need animal flesh to build muscle and get fit. Similar, similar kind of message I'm, I'm on at the minute, mate, to be fair. Have you, not, have you noticed a few people have, well, should I say less people have mm. made the protein comment um, over, the, over the last couple of years, especially? No, I got one yesterday. I got one two days ago. I was at a wedding. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a wedding and I was the only, I was the only vegan at the wedding. And, um, oh. and literally when I was getting my food served to me, the person next to me was like, oh, so you're vegan? And I go, yeah. They're like, oh. Where do you get your protein? I was like, bloody hell. I thought it was <laughs> 2023. Over, <man>. So you know, <laughs> you'd be surprised. I think there's still a lot of people out there that still still uh, don't know where we get our protein. But yeah, we can talk about that. Definitely, mate. Sure. You're also a member of the Plant Based Health Professionals UK, which is yeah. an organisation that works to educate other professionals and the public on the benefits of a whole food plant based nutrition uh, diet um, and also in preventing and treating chronic diseases. That's interesting, so I've never heard of that actually. It's the Plant Based Health Professionals Health Professional. UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely check them out. Um, and anyone can be a member. Yeah. Um, you got pay for membership, but I think for the public, it's pretty cheap actually. Um, and you get access to like webinars. There's a lot of free information on there as well, like fact sheets that we kind mm -hmm. of can help educate the public. But uh, we're always looking for more and more people to become members of Plant Based Health Professionals because it helps us carry on the work we're doing. Because it's a yeah. non-profit, we don't we don't kind of take profit from it. Um, oh, okay. all people that kind of are in charge, all the money that gets raised goes into doing the work we keep doing. Because it's it's not it's not like a um, government funded or anything like that. It's literally everything that we get comes from self-funding mm -hmm. and um, and and people kind of kindly donating as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If, uh, you know, if you want to become a member, or if anyone else listening wants to become a member, I highly uh, recommend it because it helps uh, it helps us carry on the work we're doing. And I think yeah, you, yeah. you as well as I know like. We need more um, health professionals talking about a plant-based diet. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Yeah, is it is it mainly doctors based, or is it just anyone, anyone with it's a bit anyone? Of knowledge so, or? yeah, the main kind of people that do a lot of the talks and stuff are, are doctors, registered dietitians, nutritionists. There's nurses on there. There's there's loads of people. There's um people that we call patient advocates as well. So people who have gone on a plant-based diet themselves and reversed their chronic disease, like arthritis, MS all sorts so there's a it's it's a very diverse group i'd say like a lot of people not as many young people um a lot mm -hmm. of people are kind of uh, a bit you know a bit, a bit more older a bit more experienced been vegan for a while or been plant-based for a while 
but yeah, it's 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 definitely growing. It's uh, I think it's been around since 2018, and it, and it grows. And we've actually got a conference coming up in September, which is kind of pricey, but it's that's aimed at more at professionals. So you know, all these professional conferences cost a lot of money anyway. Yeah, but that's uh, that's a really cool one. That's Europe's largest kind of conference on plant based nutrition, and I've actually yeah. been invited to talk at this one on uh, on protein, obviously. <laughs> so that's gonna be really cool. Yeah. Nice one. You uh, have you built up the courage, or you're quite good doing talks in front of people, or? Um, funnily enough, I was actually really bad at public speaking. Well, not bad. I just hated public speaking when I was younger, and I kind of avoided it a lot. But then, when you um, when you become a doctor, you're kind of almost forced to give talks, and every now and then, I'm teaching to small audiences. And yeah. then, I think last year, sometime last May, have you heard of Vegan Life Live? In a, yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, in a it's in Alexandra Palace in North London. Yeah, um, I saw one of someone I know was talking there. Um, and kind of in the build-up to it, I think I messaged her and said, is there anyone talking about plant-based diets for athletes and, and muscle building? Because, you know, I, I think someone should. And she's like, why don't you? And I was like, yeah, why don't I? <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> I kind of gave the talk that I was, I wish someone had given me six years ago. It was that yeah. kind of talk that I gave. And it was really well received. Like, I was shocked. It was probably the busiest talk. Earthling Ed also talked that weekend. So his was the busiest talk. But I'd probably say yeah. mine was one of the second busiest. Uh, oh, really? People really, yeah, because people really want to know, right? Like how yeah, yeah. how you can um, how you can get fit and in shape on a vegan diet. Like where do you get your protein? All these common questions. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I think they marketed it well. I mean, the picture that they used was my bodybuilding photo, so it was like you know that obviously probably drew in a crowd as well because people yeah. were really like, "How is this guy vegan?" Um, yeah. And yeah, since then I've given a few more talks at VegFest. Um, I've talked at like the National Animal Rights uh, Day as well. I just gave a little speech, so more and more I've done more public speaking um, given some talks actually to doctors as well um, uh, kind of where I work and uh, where I train so getting better yeah. at it yeah impressive mate yeah yeah it takes some uh, takes some balls to stand up in front of I've, I've tried to do a, a like a semi best man speech during COVID 20 mm. people and uh, <laughs> I, I struggled at that so um, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> I've got a long it's way to go easy. man it's, uh, now it's a different different kettle of fish in it when you're when you're speaking to a group uh, yeah you, you, get, know, you get better and big better, group yeah. anyway mm. yeah nice impressive before we go on to the health side mate and obviously touch on the the bodybuilding uh where did it start for you mate vegan the vegan life i know a lot of a lot of asians you got the hindu culture the sikh um vegetarian population mm. is that something that your family brought you up with or was it a, a later change yeah so it's interesting because um I always say I'm the last person anyone would have expected to go vegan. So like everyone that knew me before I went vegan, when I made the change, they couldn't believe it. And people that yeah. meet me now would never believe that I was how I was uh, six or seven years ago, or maybe more. Um, but like, yeah, I, I grew up kind of in what I would call a vegetarian household because I had my kind of like grandmother there, my mum. Um, I had one of my aunts as well so everyone's vegetarian but like my dad and my uncle so the men they ate meat but they tend to eat it outside the house or they, they ordered it in they'd sometimes have it or like if we had like family barbecues they'd, they would cook meat and it's usually chicken uh, lamb you know they, they we didn't eat beef because um, in the Hindu culture it's the cow is considered a sacred animal but we drank a lot of milk like I drank at least two glasses of milk a day we ate cheese you know indians eat this uh, type of cottage cheese called paneer so it's we ate a lot of dairy uh, butter ghee which is another kind of dairy product so it was it was growing up i was very much very much kind of i would call an omnivore because i ate meat outside the house especially 
uh, but very far from what I would consider a vegan or even a vegetarian, really, because of what I was eating. And then when I got to kind of secondary school, I was at an all-boys secondary school, and, you know, you're surrounded by, the, like, guys, you know, what do guys love doing? They, they just go, go and eat meat, don't they? they? You know, they go to the the chicken shop down the road, and you just eat, like, this junk food, and it's, it's usually all meat. And then when you start lifting weights, so I was playing rugby in school, um, mainly, so it had to start lifting weights. And when I started lifting weights, everyone tells you you need protein, and everywhere you look, where you're going to get your protein, it's from, it's from uh, meat, so... That increased and then when I really got into kind of lifting that was more in medical school so I really got into kind of it was powerlifting at the start actually so my aim was just to get as strong as possible um, and again everywhere I read it was like you need meat so I literally would eat steak for breakfast that kind of I was eating a lot of meat every day uh, I was eating red meat maybe twice a day chicken and fish and, and, and on top of that having protein shakes on top of that probably having cottage cheese before bed so I was probably getting near like 300 grams of protein a day, well in excess, well in excess mm. of what I needed. But I was kind of following what um, what people in kind of the fitness circles at the time were talking about and saying that you needed this, you needed a lot more protein, and it was just ridiculous, like what I was doing. And my kind of thinking, like a lot of people's thinking, is the more the better. So the more protein, the more muscle. Which you and I both know that's not true at all. <laughs> there's a limit to how much muscle one can build in, in, in any given time there's a limit how much uh, protein your body can kind of um, utilize as well um, mm -hmm. and, and any excess is going to be kind of wasted it's gonna, just going gonna to pee it out and crap it out really mm -hmm. um, so you know I wasn't really aware of nutrition much at medical school we don't really get taught that either and then I think it was just after medical school I've just been a doctor for a year and then I think you know, I've always loved animals, so I should say that. Like, I've always, since being a kid, I've loved animals. I was obsessed with them, I would say. Like, every time it was Christmas, I wanted animal toys. I, I would watch documentaries all the time. I pretty much should have been a vet, <laughs> but ended up being a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it was sometime in 2017, um, or the end of 2016, uh, my friends were going to go greyhound racing. And uh, don't ask me why they were going to go greyhound racing, but they were going to go greyhound racing just to kind of watch the races I think something that no one had ever done it sounded a bit cool at the time I don't know uh, they asked me if I wanted to come and I said no I don't want to go greyhound racing they're like well why not and I was like just doesn't sit right with me I, you know it's the dogs are treated really badly some of them get put down they get drugged I, I knew a little bit about how bad it was so I was just like enough to know enough to know that I didn't want to go and be part of that so then uh, one of them was like oh so you're going to not come on grounds of ethics and I said yeah I guess so and then one of their girlfriends was like but don't you eat meat and I was like, oh, yeah, I do eat meat. And she was like, so what's the difference? Like, you eat mm -hmm. meat, but you're not going to go to greyhound racing because these dogs are treated badly. What's the difference between, you know, the dogs and the cows and the pigs and everything else you're eating? Oh, by this point, I was now eating beef as well. So before I didn't used to because I was growing up, a, growing up as a Hindu. But as soon as I mm -hmm. kind of became less religious, I ate everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. but so she asked me this and I was sitting there kind of like, oh, well, I guess I'm a hypocrite then. And when you reflect on that when you reflect on being a hypocrite you can either kind of say or right, i'm happy being a hypocrite or you can or you can change and i think at that time i was like i'm happy being a hypocrite i'm not going to change because it didn't really occur to me that i should go vegan but then the more i kind of uh, read about veganism i think i met, ended up meeting a vegan girl and i was I ended up dating her actually um mm. at some point in 2017 and that's when I, I started changing a bit more kind of like my thinking around things because we'd always get in discussions and debates about things and I found myself agreeing with her rather than disagreeing. And I was like, well, there's obviously something there. Um, and then she was really clever. She took me to an animal sanctuary. 
um, it was in Denmark, and then I was literally surrounded by all these animals that have been rescued from like slaughter. And I was like feeding the cows, and I was like making the beds for the pigs. We were volunteering there for a day, and I could just see all these animals, like chickens, ducks, like they're all free on this uh, in this sanctuary. You know how sanctuaries are; they're completely free, and they they just get to live out the rest of their days. They get looked after, and then they die of natural causes usually, or they get put down if they've got severe health issues. But you know they're not going to be used for for entertainment or food or anything else. And I was like. I just kind of like was faced with these animals and I was like these animals have been saved from people like me mm. and that kind of really hit me um, so when I came home from Denmark I was really thinking I was like am I really going to go vegan is this going to be am I going to have to like am I going to cut down my initial plan was I'll cut down and then she sent me a documentary well not documentary she sent me a video a YouTube video called uh, by Gary Urofsky I'm sure you've heard of mm. him Yeah. and it was the greatest speech you'll ever hear you've probably seen that video or you've heard of that video as well you know, he just gives a talk at university and she was like, just have a listen to it and see what you think. So I watched it and then literally halfway through the video kind of made the decision there and there, like, I'll have to go vegan. Like, there's no, there's no way I can watch, understand, agree with, and then kind of know this and then just put it away. So it's like the blinders are off now. Once the blinders Mm -hmm. are off, there's no way back. That's, that's pretty much it. So overnight in July 7th, 2017, decided to go vegan and then, yeah, since then haven't haven't really looked back. <laughs> it's interesting when you say about uh, you know the girl you was dating and she took you to this mm. place and you you ended up agreeing with everything she said. Uh, it's similar to me and my um, my partner. She mm. she ended up having um, obviously I was vegan first before her and mm. we ended up having like little debates and stuff and she'd argue against it mm. and then she'd end up talking to her friends using my mm. arguments and then she'd come mm. home the one day and she was she was like ah. Oh, I've been saying this to to my you know to my friend and she's been saying mm. this back and I've I've used every argument you said so mm. without even thinking about it she kind she kind of switched mm. even though she was arguing against me but then it, it was kind of mm. like she come to the understanding of what I was yeah. saying and kind of made the switch accidentally um yeah. it's quite it's quite it's quite mad uh, did did you say that you... I mean, are you with the girl now or have you... No, no, we, we ended up breaking the, up. Um, but I'm oh, okay. with someone else now who's been vegan for just as long as me, so it's worked out Oh, point. okay, yeah. I was going to say, it's, uh, it definitely does help, yeah. doesn't it, when they when they, mm-hmm. when they switch definitely. over. Um, I couldn't yeah, imagine yeah. now actually sharing sharing a kitchen with someone who... I mean, you know, I... Um, yeah, at home, like, I'm the only vegan at home. Uh, so I'm mm-hmm. sharing a kitchen, I think, I guess, with my family. And they're, my mum's vegetarian and she does most of the cooking for like my um my dad and my uncle um and my brother so in the house it's mainly vegetarian food it's very rarely that there'll be meat and if there is i try and uh cook my stuff and get the hell out of the kitchen before if i have to see any of that stuff now because you know yeah. it's really really strange though because like 10 years ago i was right there making steak i was like cooking all the meat myself um and didn't bat an eye but now it's like you've almost your brain's almost been rewired to see it for what it really is which yeah. i think a lot of people don't have that a lot of people see it as food because it's just packaged up and we've been you know through years of conditioning we've convinced ourselves that it's food and you've not you've not made the connection between that and an actual animal and as soon as you invite people to make that connection a lot of them get turned get get turned off and say oh don't i don't want to know about it oh don't tell me have you noticed that as well when you tell people yeah 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 and for us, we can't unsee yeah, it. For us, um, it's, it's just there now. Oh, mate, yeah. It's, 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 people talk about the Matrix a lot recently, don't they? Um, and it is literally like snapping out of something and being like, I'm going to be what? 
that yeah. just doesn't make sense yeah it's i remember having a conversation with a family member and i said this is just like this and i think i mentioned you know the typical dog comment or beating a dog or something and it was like, oh no but that that's extreme that that's that's extreme and then when you when you know, when you've saw what we've saw you know that it's not extreme it's it's just as extreme or even more extreme uh you know to be to to be put in a factory farm and have everything happen that, that goes on but for someone who hasn't seen it and doesn't make that connection they just can't i think they just put like a mental block on it it's mm. kind of like they know but they just don't want to admit that it's it's kind of the same um mm. it's crazy mate before we get on to protein and the gym was there something like specifically that that made you switch was it uh obviously it took probably you know i mean for me it was like probably three or four years of thinking um, oh, really and then i think in the end it would have been just a piece of footage that i seen from a slaughterhouse that kind of said yeah. that is it um what yeah. was it for you that specifically made you obviously you've already mentioned just your, your story but yeah I, yeah so for me i would say it's a series of a series of events but kind of several light bulb moments uh, for me to actually make that change and i think the first one was recognizing that i was a hypocrite back at the end of 2016 with that greyhound you know that incident um the next one would have been um going to the animal sanctuary itself and seeing kind of how these animals are um and that being a big moment as well and then the kind of final nail in the coffin if, it, if you want to call it that would be the video with gary Ofsky. and, and it, within the video obviously he makes a lot of good points but what actually made me completely go no i can't do this anymore was that my reaction to seeing animals actually treated the way they were being treated was mm. so visceral, so like, so emotional uh, that that kind of told me that like I obviously seriously don't think this is right, um, and I couldn't ignore that. It was it was more, you know, a lot of people can watch that briefly and kind of quickly ignore it and how it makes them feel. But I was like, there's a reason I feel this way. There's a, there's obviously a reason that I think this is wrong. And that strong kind of sense of what I think is right and wrong was enough for me to go, yeah, if I think this is wrong, this is wrong. I need to align my actions with my morals. Clearly, I think this is morally wrong. How can I continue to pay and be part of this system? I can't. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I have to go vegan. And, I'm, and I, I, you know, I try and be, I try and be logically consistent as much as possible. There's obviously certain things in life that you kind of, I guess, there's certain allowances you make for things that are, I guess, not convenient, but there's certain things in, in, in society that go on that we kind of have to be just sort of put in the back of our minds because otherwise you can't really participate in society. Um, but this was one which was quite easy to be like, actually, I, I can avoid paying for products that are literally brought by the death and suffering of animals very directly. You know, people always talk about like, oh, um, crop deaths and, you know, animals are killed just to make the food we eat, like plants and stuff. But it's like, it's very it's indirect and the, the the number as well is much smaller and more crops actually used to feed animals anyway so if you if you really cared about crop deaths you would you would stop eating animals because they're eating the crops that are being farmed anyway so there's also there's all these other reasons you can give but you know it's very easy to me for me to say okay do i want to buy a, a, a vegan sausage or a, or, a, or a pork sausage it's easy to, for me to not buy the pork sausage similarly do i buy leather or vegan leather okay i can just buy the vegan leather it's very easy yeah. to be vegan especially this day and age so i think mm. yeah that, that that kind of decision to you know be logically consistent and say 
no, I have to make sure my morals and my actions are lined up. But that was it really for me. So yeah, yeah that's what yeah, I would yeah. say. It's um, it's just what aboutism, isn't it? It's what about this? Mm. What about that? And it, there wouldn't be a line with the like if 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 everyone thought that and mm. you didn't you didn't you know have um, a grown up view of it at some point and say mm. look, it's quite obvious we can't do everything, but we can do no. what is easy and we can do what is possible. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, we'd just be sitting there doing nothing, wouldn't we? If if you know if we was going to say okay, it's okay for me me to eat meat because they spray your vegetables with pesticides that kill bugs uh you can then turn around and say well you know i'm gonna kill a horse because you trod on a worm you know or something like that so there's got to be a line somewhere where we say look we've got to live obviously and that's what i said to someone the other day i said it it literally is just what aboutism and it just isn't um it just isn't an argument for me like you say it comes down to one decision three times a day (laughs) do you want a veggie sausage or a pork one I'll have a veggie one, obviously. Yeah, um, exactly. But mate, going on to your background with bodybuilding, have you found any challenges or have you, I'm not going to say have you found it hard to get protein. I'm not going to say that. Um, have you found any challenges um, switching from meat to a plant-based diet? Have you had to think about it more? Does it take more planning? Uh, how have you coped in the last four or five years? six years now isn't it yeah um i think uh, yeah so at the start i think that was one of my biggest fears going into it and i think it's a fear that a lot of people will share that you know especially if you've been lifting for a while because i've been lifting for a good five years before i've been vegan as well and you kind of figure out like a system of what works for you food wise like you know you know if i eat this 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 i know what macros that is and for us that's very you know for someone who eats intuitively it's very easy to be able to work out okay what's on my plate and you can kind of you know really plan your diet really easily uh but when you go vegan it's like a whole new world of food um and initially it was like what yeah what am i going to eat so i was replacing a lot i just basically replaced all my meat with mock meat um which for me someone like i was always the kind of person that thought that eating whole foods was always going to be healthier than eating uh, processed foods and we can talk about the whole process versus whole foods argument afterwards but um initially i was like yeah i was eating a lot more processed food and i was like this can't be good for me really um and 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 but it was helping me meet my macros and stuff as well so that that the initial challenge i guess was learning about vegan foods uh, and learning where i can get my protein um and when you're starting out if you don't do your research this is where people can really fall short and i, I want people to really understand that a lot of people that fail kind of going on a plant-based or a vegan diet usually will say oh, I've, i lost a lot of weight i didn't i didn't hold on to the muscle properly um I, I felt low energy some people say this not everyone some people have a great time obviously but there's a few people mm-hmm. that will say this and they'll end up kind of going back to eating meat or something but th- th- what what's happened is they haven't really planned the diet well they haven't researched well what they need to eat um when you go vegan the foods that we eat the whole foods especially are very nutrient dense but they what i call calorie sparse so they've got a lot less calories per kind of gram of food so you have to eat a lot more usually to get the right amount of calories or you have to make sure that you're you know get, eat, adding stuff like peanut butter or extra virgin olive oil and, and trying to increase the calories in different ways eating seeds nuts because um, if you just go in and kind of stick to just vegetables uh, even tofu is quite low calorie if you just stick to that sort of stuff and don't eat enough food then you're gonna you're gonna lose weight you might lose muscle and, and then you might struggle but if you've planned it really well and you're eating enough calories enough protein then then it can be a very very healthy overall diet 
um, and you won't notice any kind of weight loss or muscle loss. So that's one thing, obviously, that people can struggle with at the start. And I think I did struggle with in the sense that I didn't really know what to eat. But, you know, you, you, you do your research, you build up as much knowledge as you can. And over time and ex- with experience, things get easier. So nowadays, obviously, I can literally look at the stuff I buy and I know exactly what I need to eat to make a meal up that will have the right amount of protein, that will have all the different nutrients I need. It's very easy for me to do now. But I think for someone who doesn't know what they're doing, it might be a bit of a challenge. And I think that's where they should ask for help from people that know what they're doing or at least do the research. There's lots of kind of good information online. Plant-based health professionals is just one of them, but you know, there's vegan FAQs. There, you know, it's There's a lot of good information on the internet. I leaned a lot on kind of YouTube channels as well. There was um, a few guys like Brian Turner, uh, Derek Simnet, Nimai Delgado, all these, you know, all these well-known kind of um, fitness guys who were also vegan and plant-based for many years. They had lots of good content that I was kind of, you know, reading and consuming to kind of make sure that I wasn't going to fall short. So, yeah, I think that, that was a challenge, but it's, it's easily overcome. And I guess I always say to people, knowledge is power. The more you know, the better the better you will be into in going into this stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask about um, how, how big of a factor, factor do you think that is um, with people not knowing? But like you said, the the, the internet is, is massive. With Within five or ten seconds, you can have an answer. And I was going to say about, you know, people with food addiction, which I think is a lot of people. Um, I'd say the majority of people are addicted to food. I was going to say, you know, do, do you think that's that's what it is? They just haven't got the knowledge or do you think that's an easy get out, you know, to say, oh, I don't know, I tried it. Um, I think a lot of people will, will say that just to kind of justify going back to me, do you think? Yeah, I think, um, I think you know, it's just it's human nature to want to do something easy. I think uh, yeah, it's a lot yeah. of people prefer the easy, especially when life is hard. You know, when life is hard, you want to make <clears> the <throat> other things in life, like your food and you know making other decisions. You want to make them a, a bit easier. And I think people see veganism as a as a big challenge. You've probably heard this as well. Like, oh, I could never go vegan. I'd love to go vegan, but I can never do it. You know, um, mm. and and they'll give lots a few excuses. Um, and it's it's really common to hear that. And obviously people have gone through it and are vegan are just like well I probably had the same excuses but I overcame them so if I can overcome it anyone can which is true in a way um, I think I think it, they, they, they can be overcome but you do have to work a bit and I think that initial working a bit is not as hard as people make out to be but I think it's like any sort of challenge that people face they, it's, it's almost a easy way for them to say oh it's too, it's too much and they'll, and they'll give up so I think you need to be in the right kind of frame of yeah. mind and place to be able to do this. And that's why I think you need to set up things that will make it easier for you. Like, you know, having someone that's doing it with you will help, you know, because you've got a buddy, you've got someone that's in it with you. Being part of a group might help because you've got some accountability mm-hmm. and also you've got some experience there and some help from people. So, and, and you know, we said the internet's mm-hmm. a great place. Yeah, it's great because it's got all this knowledge. And if you're good at, if you're good at absorbing knowledge and you like learning, then you're going to have a great time because there's lots to learn. So I think you have to find ways that will make things easier because it's, it's nothing in life that's worth doing is easy. Um, and veganism ha- has mm. been a challenge for many years for people because, you know, it wasn't always as convenient. People think vegan food is more expensive. Uh, people think they won't get their protein. You know, there's all these different little challenges in the way, you know, you've got like the media telling you every two seconds that you need meat. <laughs> you, you know, you've got uh, industries telling you that you need meat and milk. It's, it's like there's all these little obstacles in the way that make it harder for people to 
um, get through. You know, we live in. I don't know if you heard of Dr. Melanie Joy. She's a. Um, I think she's a psychologist yeah, yeah. who came up with this. Came up with a theory of carnism. Like we live in a, a system. Like the dominant system that we live in is is a carnist, carnistic system, and what that means is mm. like meat and dairy. That the the use of animal products dominates, right? And if that's the dominant system, the system is set up to make that kind of living easier. Whereas veganism isn't. Veganism is kind of breaking free from that, and and that's yeah. always going to be hard. It's always going to be a challenge, and I think it's a challenge that like I've I've been kind of happy that I've been able to overcome uh, and I just yeah. want to help other people be able to overcome that challenge as well and see kind of what's stopping people and kind of um, yeah make it easier for them yeah I think that's the route I'm going down as well to be honest man um, you know trying to use my knowledge and pass it on to others because um, I've trained people I'm a part-time PT but um, mm. that's the easy part isn't it to, to tell someone to do four sets of this and six sets of that I think that's mm. that's the easy part I mean the hard bit is fueling yourself with with mm. you know and going to the shop and buying the things that you need because mm. that's 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 half the the battle is is coming unstuck you know what it's like when you've got no shopping in uh, mm. and you end up, end up having you know like a peanut butter sandwich or some dry tofu or something or um, you know a, a cracker with hummus on or something so I think that that is half, that is half the battle is is getting this knowledge in people's heads you know, write a list and say, look, go and fill your kitchen up with these things. And if you haven't got the ammunition, you can't do nothing. Um, I think that that is that is half the battle. Mate, speaking of protein specifically, mm-hmm. over the past year, I've, I was aiming for about 160 gram per day, uh, which is over the 1.6 times kilo of body weight. And I've actually dropped now to 120. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. about 77 kg. Mm-hmm. Um, how important do you think it is to hit this recommended um, uh, daily intake um, on, on a plant-based diet compared to an animal one? Yeah. So, so the yeah the recommended daily intake or recommended daily allowance for people who aren't training and stuff is normally set at 0.8 grams per kilogram, which is really low actually. Uh, that's really yeah, easy, yeah. and everyone is going to be hitting that anyway. But you're rightly saying that anyone is kind of muscle building or athletic or doing kind of you know into the health and fitness they want to aim for slightly higher and the kind of the kind of studies have shown that your muscle hypertrophy almost or strength will cap out at somewhere around 1.6 grams per kilogram maybe there might be a slight tiny bit of value going above that but it's minuscule compared to like you don't need to do it basically um if you're in a calorie deficit so if you're trying to lose body fat um then going at like two grams per kilo even maybe higher 2.2 grams per kilo uh, might be good because you can help retain the muscle a bit better because when you're in a calorie deficit your body's trying to you know use up use up find a source of energy and sometimes it will eat into muscle tissue so having that extra extra protein can sometimes help yeah. in terms of how important is it to meet that i mean it really depends on kind of your um your intense like how intense your training is you know what the goals are you know, if you're trying to get strong, some people will be able to probably get away with less. Some people may need more. That 1.6 is kind of like a, this is for everyone. Uh, this is what the studies show for everyone, but everyone's obviously an individual. And you might find that actually with yourself, you might need a bit more, like, or you might find actually you can get away with a bit less. So it's really individual. So I think, I think it's important to aim for that threshold. So just so you kind of know you're doing everything you can to optimize muscle building. As for is there a difference between kind of people eating animal protein and plant protein? Um, as long as both of them eat at 1.6, it's it's kind of matched. 
Um, there haven't really been studies looking at right whether okay if we give the people that are omni omnivorous omnivorous diet give them 1.2 and give the vegans 1.6 is that then matched? There's no kind of studies looking at that. They kind of always match it at 1.6 because what they've done is you know all the studies before were done in omnivores right they weren't done in vegans they were done in kind of people that ate both and they used whey protein usually to supplement sometimes to get them to mm. 1.6 so kind of all the kind of um, associations that look at nutrition for athletes um, they had agreed on this 1.5 1.6 grams per kilo for for muscle building um, yeah. for endurance athletes it's about 1.2 but that was all based on studies that were not done on vegans and vegetarians so yeah. when they've now you know the plant-based diets are becoming more common and I guess more popular they've they've people that are in protein research have started doing more studies in vegans and, not, and vegetarians to see, okay, is there a difference? But they'll always put it at 1.6 because that's what they've always used. And at that level, there seems to be no difference um, in kind of your uh, your ability to gain muscle, ability to get stronger, uh, get faster, get more athletic. Um, so I would say sticking yeah. to that is probably the same <clears throat> as it would be for any, any omnivore training as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've... I've I forgot to finish my point actually when I was on about the 1.6 oh, yeah. um, mm -hmm. I went from 160 gram to 120 and mm -hmm. that's pretty much where I hover around at the minute mm -hmm. um, you know and I've put on seven I've put on seven kilo of muscle in the last you know six to ten months something like that uh, I've got a friend who would say yeah I understand you can get the protein but it's not as bioavailable which to my understanding mm -hmm. is how yeah, well your body can absorb it is that right yeah what, so what would, what would you say to, to someone like him who, who who says you know it's not as bioavailable um my argument obviously because i'm not as knowledgeable because the proof's in the pudding yeah. not so much with me but you know there is some, there is a lot yeah. of vegan bodybuilders out there what, what would you say yeah. to them um so it's it's difficult because they have a point animal protein mm. compared to plant protein so if you look at kind of um, whole food sources of plant protein compared to whole food animal sources the difference is the animal products will have when we're looking at kind of uh, not just bioavailability but you're looking at the kind of quality of the protein the reason people say animal protein is higher quality is because it has um, all the essential amino acids um, in good amounts so people always say oh okay so firstly what are essential amino acids so proteins uh, all the proteins we eat are made up of amino acids and these amino acids are joined together so if you imagine the protein being like a house the amino acids are the bricks so when you eat protein your body will break it down into amino acids your body then absorbs the amino acids and then it builds the proteins it needs like in muscle bone everywhere there's, there's protein all over the body that um, um, doing different things right it's not just in muscle so these amino acids you find in animals and plants so provided you get all the amino acids you need the body doesn't know whether it came from an animal or whether it came from plant all it recognizes is amino acid and that amino acid is exactly the same if it's in an animal or plant uh, plant source um, but the reason people say that the and there's nine essential amino acids which means you can only get them from your diet um, you can't make them so there's 20 amino acids that the body uses nine of them the body can't make but the other 11 it can make just by using other amino acids to make them so when you you have to get these nine essential ones from your diet and when we look at kind of protein quality we ask ourselves does that protein source have all the nine essential amino acids in good amounts and for animal products uh, pretty much all of them have the nine essential amino acids at the amounts that the body will need them. When you look at plants, um, mm. some of the foods do have all nine essential amino acids in the good amounts. So like quinoa, um, soy products, they all have the nine essential amino acids in good amounts. But some of the some of the um, other ones like beans, they'll have 
they'll have all the nine essential amino acids, so all plant proteins have them, but they might not have them all in the right amounts that you need them. So beans are slightly lacking in a amino acid called um, methionine. Uh, and grains like uh, rice will be lacking in an amino acid called uh, lysine. So someone might say, oh, well, that means they're, a, they're an inferior protein source. Well, I mean, you're not just going to eat beans all day long and you're not just going to eat rice all day long. You're usually going to combine beans and grains and things throughout the day. So you're going to get all your nine essential amino acids at some point. Like As long as you get all of them in the 24-hour period, you're fine. So that argument about animal protein being more uh, and higher quality than plant protein yeah individual sources might be but no one is eating just one type of plant protein so you'll get all the essential amino acids you need mm. i want to make that very clear as provided you eat a good amount of different sources of protein every day and you're not just sticking to one source you'll get the nine essential amino acids so then people say okay well um it's more bioavailable the the animal protein which yeah fine the um the thing with plant protein is that some of the protein is bound up in the structure of the plant so plants got a lot of fiber um and if you're eating whole plant sources so if you're eating like lots of broccoli broccoli has quite a lot of protein in there right but if you're eating lots of raw broccoli it's going to be harder for you to get all that extract all that protein out and and then your body's going to have a hard time digesting all of it because of the fiber and absorbing it but thankfully we don't just go around eating raw broccoli all day long we definitely don't eat raw beans like no one eats raw beans right we, we cook the beans, you know, you, with beans you soak them, you cook them, you chew them up, you digest them, and it makes it more digestible. Um, and same with kind of vegetables and other sources as well. So in that in that sense, the, the, the kind of difference in absorbability is only a few percent after a while. It's it, once you've cooked it and everything, right? Um, so there's no, there's no huge difference. And then if you're really worried, you can go for other sources of plant protein like tofu, uh, seitan, tempeh, um, or even protein shakes, yeah. I don't want to lean on protein shakes, but they are greatly absorbed. They're basically the same as having like a whey protein shake, or and they're better than having a steak. And something like seitan is is has higher amount of protein than steak, has equal amounts of leucine, and is just as easily absorbed as as animal products. So, you know, it really depends on what you're eating. And I think people get too bogged down into this whole oh, um, meat is more bioavailable because they've read. I don't. I mean, obviously, they've read something somewhere, and then that person's got it from certain studies that are looking at kind of the difference between meat and plant proteins and how digestible they are. But all these studies are done on like uh, mouse models and pigs and stuff. They're very rarely done on humans, um, so they're not they're not great studies to begin with. Um, what we care more about is is this going to matter for kind of human outcomes? So when we actually look at people, one are vegans protein deficient? They're not. The, you very you very rarely find protein deficiency in in developed countries. So in in countries where food is very um, hard to come by, so in in places where uh, malnutrition and uh, starvation is common, in those areas you'll see things like protein deficiency. But you'll never see protein deficiency in like the US or the UK in people that are eating a good amount of food. Even vegans, vegans get more than enough protein they need per kilogram body weight, um, and and that and that's what mm. the data shows. The next is kind of all right if um if you match kind of the protein intake for vegans and veg and, and omnivores the outcomes on muscle building if there was a difference in absorbability and digestibility and all that then surely the outcomes on the muscle will be different as well so we had a study done in 2021 somewhere mm. in brazil where they got a group of people who are vegan and a group of people who are omnivores they matched their protein intakes by giving the omnivores uh, whey protein they gave the vegan soy isolate just to get them to 1.6 grams per kilo they put them through a 12-week 
uh, period of resistance training. I think they were training their um, their quads using leg extensions, and they were training them hard, so they made mm. sure that they build muscle. Uh, and they measured, they took measurements before and after, yeah. like one rep max, the muscle thickness, all of that. And there was absolutely no difference between the uh, vegans and the omnivores. And they did it in untrained individuals, so the yeah. gains would be kind of similar. You know, you get those beginner gains kind of thing. They did it in untrained individuals. So that's just one study. There's been a couple of other yeah. studies that have looked at like mushroom proteins and things as well. So when you look at the evidence, there doesn't seem to be a problem. So even, you know, you can, you and I can say the proof is in the pudding. Like we've got, we've managed to build muscle. We've, we've retained the muscle we have and, and got stronger on a vegan diet. So obviously, and we look around us as vegan powerlifters, as vegan bodybuilders, as vegan strength athletes. It's, it's so common now. Clearly, if there was a problem and there was a problem with kind of the absorption, we'd see it, but we just don't. Um, so I think it's mm. a lot of worry about nothing yeah. and really what people need to do is um, not look at mechanistic data from rodents and pigs and actually look at the human what we call human outcome data and they'll see that actually um, their, their, their fears are unfounded but this is just another excuse I think as well like people love having an excuse to not go vegan and this is one of them you know the difference between yeah. proteins in plants and, uh, and, and meat and I guess it's, it's a little bit of ignorance but also a lot of excuse as well <coughs> Yeah, mate. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I've. There seems to be like a like um a pattern or like a wave of, you know, things coming from the anti-vegan side, such as oh, but what about this? What about this? What about this? And I mean, four or five years for me, plant-based. It's got to the point now where there's so much evidence, and it's still not enough for some people. Um, mm. I get a lot of people slide into my DMs and they, you know, they're asking questions or sending me a reel or you know things like that. And I've noticed that they'll say dif- they'll say the same things at the same time as the other person, you know. So it's almost like they'll watch a reel and they'll mm. ask me, then they'll watch another reel, and and they're kind of running out of things to to ask now. Um, mm. And I just can't see what what the next one's going to be. I think <laughs> I think they're all they've all been debunked. Um, I don't think that game changers um, did the trick. I think it needs something else now to come out to to finally put the the nail in the coffin. Yeah, mate. I think moving it's, on to, um, sorry, mate. Go on. Yeah. No, I was gonna say it's difficult, isn't it? Um, people, I think with reels and things like that, I think there's a lot of misinformation online as well, and it's hard to know who's telling the truth and who's not. Yeah. I always say that be very careful of people that are. If they're giving, if they're talking in your reels and, and all this stuff, are they putting evidence in the in their kind of, you know, the caption? Is there is there a link to actual evidence? And then the other question is, have they read that evidence? A lot of these people are making reels uh, based off like the abstract of a, of a research article, and actually, if you read the research article, it says the complete opposite to what they said. So it's really funny. Like who, anyone who speaks in absolutes, you know, and says like this is the right thing to do, this 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 is this when it comes to things like diet and nutrition usually is um usually is 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 lying somewhere as well, as well i would say you know even as vegans i would say that if we said to everybody our diet was the most healthy diet i i, I would be lying it's not you know the evidence does not show our diet is the healthiest mm. diet it shows that it can be a really healthy way of eating yeah provided you do it properly and plan it well mm. but there are other dietary patterns that are also plant-based that can be um as healthy or, or, or even healthier depending on how you do it as a vegan diet. So you, you shouldn't really speak, people that speak in absolutes aren't going by the science. Um, the, that's why I would say mm. veganism itself is an animal rights movement, it's not a health movement. Um, but we want people that are gonna yeah. be vegan to do it in a healthy way for themselves because 
you know, there's no point of becoming vegan and then just getting sick, is there? Like, you want to be sh- make sure you do it in a healthy way. And, you know, you and I care about health and fitness, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm the same, you know, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not going to sit here and, and slate meat or, or anything. I, th- I think if someone was to say to me, what do you think is the healthiest diet? You know, I'd probably go with Dr. Longo's study. I think it was like 30 years long, and he said the you know the the most optimal diet is vegan or plant-based with fish twice a week i'd probably go with that one after all the again i'm not a nutritionist just from what i've gathered mm. with my own research and that uh, what would you say if so if someone said to you you know what, what what do you think is the the optimal diet what what would you go for mm. yes yeah, similar i would say it's, it's something that's something that's heavily heavily whole food plant-based is what i would say if you're if you're if you want to be vegan that's completely fine uh, you'll have to supplement B12 uh, or at least get it. make sure you get it from fortified foods and kind of make sure you know where you're getting your iodine and calcium as well because I guess if you're not aware of where you're getting these things then you can sometimes fall short. Um, the vegan diet is obviously very rich in things like folate, fiber, uh, loads of phytonutrients, vitamin C, um, beta carotene. There's lots of things in the vegan diet which are really good for you um, and plant proteins as well are, are very healthy because of the package they come in. Uh, compared to animal products but you know as i think is it dr volta longer that you're talking about with his uh kind of vegan diet with fish kind of a couple times a week um almost like a mediterranean style mm. diet which is high in kind of your unsaturated fatty acids like from olive oil uh fatty fish and things that would be probably yeah. the healthiest diet um but there's no there's no there's nothing that says that a whole food plant-based cannot be part of that group of what i would call healthy diets um it's just it's just how you kind of tailor that diet yeah. um, and and also what you're comparing it to so compared to the standard western diet all of these diets are much healthier you know so i would always say yeah a, a whole food uh, plant-based or plant-forward diet is always going to be the the optimal diet for for humans yeah yeah, yeah it's um if i mean if you, if you can do it if you can do it vegan um like you said i mean Mm. other things might add to it and they might be like you know that that's that'd be an, another benefit but like you say there's there's too many pros outweighing the cons isn't that so if you can do it uh which we can because obviously we, we live in proof then i don't mm. see why why you wouldn't and you know i love fish i did i did go pescatarian before before i switched over but um mm. you just you, you've got to take your morals across the whole board haven't you you know you can't yeah. say yeah. you know uh you know i'm not gonna eat a cow but i am gonna eat a fish i just can't I couldn't do it, um, and, and and I mentioned this as well in in in, a, in another episode where I don't feel the same to a fish as I would, you know, to a pig or a cow. Mm. I don't make that you know that emotional connection, but I still mm. couldn't do it because. Yeah, no. Were you the same with fish? Did did you did you tamper with fish for a little while or? Yeah, I mean, my initial kind of before before I watched the kind of well, when I went to the sanctuary and stuff, when I came out came back, I was like. I might go pescatarian. I did. I did say that that I might go pescatarian, but I just never did it. As soon as I watched the video with with Gary Ofsky, I was just like, oh no, no, I have to go vegan, because if I go pescatarian, yeah, the, the the fishing industry is so destructive. Like fish, fish are still sentient beings. They still feel pain. This they're capable of suffering. Maybe it's not the same as how mammals suffer. Maybe they suffer in a different capacity, but they still can suffer and have and feel pain. And I don't want to be part of inflicting pain on them. The other thing is kind of when you when you do consume fish um the kind of the the detrimental effect on kind of the the wider kind of um i guess the other ocean animals you know with bycatch that you're catching sharks turtles dolphins whales you're you're not just 
eating fish, you're causing the death and suffering of all these other animals as, as, a, as a byproduct of it. So it just made no sense to be part of that and carry it on. And even if I could, like, let's say, go fishing myself mm. and catch a fish and kill it, I don't think I could. You know, this. Have you ever seen? Have you ever? No. Have you ever seen a fish out of water? They 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 look like they're literally suffocating. Like it's, it's it's just horrible. Yeah. And I just, for me, it's like if I don't want anyone to do it to me, I don't want to do it to anyone else. That golden rule, right? Do unto others as you exactly, have unto, yeah. do unto you. So that's the way I, I try to live my life, be it mm. to other people or other animals. And yeah, for me, it's it's a. Whilst I don't think fish and cows are exactly the same, and people might call me specious because I think that. Um, I still treat them the same because I know they can mm. they they have the same capacity to suffer and feel pain. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've I've been invited to go fishing quite a few times, and yeah. the answer's always been the same. It's like, like I can I can understand sitting down next to a lake and mm. relaxing, but to throw some bait into it and try and catch a fish, I just I don't understand it. Um, yeah. I understand it's relaxing, but it's also relaxing to sit there and not catch a fish you know so um yeah. i've never really understood the the old concept of fishing really and yeah, i suppose yeah. you know the majority do catch and send back so i don't suppose yeah. it's it's the it's well i think the it's worst that of, it's, uh, it's like a game yeah. isn't it i guess human beings like playing games and the kind of thrill of catching something is it can be quite i guess it's a it's a goal isn't it like when you're working towards a goal and you catch it you know it's, it's that sort of um that sort of interaction that you're having but you're not thinking about the other end where you're putting a hook through the fish's mouth bringing it out of its water causing like so much stress to the animal as well it's yeah it's just not worth it and people don't think about that because everyone thinks human beings are the center of the universe right we don't we don't think about the suffering of other animals yeah. especially animals we think are beneath us or less than us and people think of that of fish you know you and i just said as yeah. well like we see cows and pigs as different from fish people see fish as mindless things that don't even feel pain so i guess that's what makes it easier for them to do that yeah it's uh, a quote popped into my head then um when a, an animal is the victim we victimize without without thought and it's just the same as that isn't it it's, it's they don't put yourself in other people's shoes until you know you don't care until it's you basically um and veganism is just stepping outside of that isn't it and saying if i wouldn't like that done to me then why would i cause that to happen to something else yeah it's an extension of empathy that's what veganism is that's all it is veganism is an extension of empathy to yeah. all sentient beings so you know, we all we all yeah. empathise with yeah. other human beings, yeah. and we wouldn't want another human being to be caused harm, suffering, all that stuff. We extend that empathy to dogs and cats, actually, as well, don't we? A lot of us do extend that empathy, and yeah. it's just increasing that circle of empathy to all sentient beings, and that's that's literally what veganism is. Yeah, and sacrificing a sandwich, literally <laughs> sacrificing a sandwich to uh, to carry that on and be consistent. Yeah. You don't even uh, have Manil, to sacrifice as a, doctor, a sandwich. You can have a sandwich if you want. As long as it's not got meat in it. Yeah, just the just the thin ingredient that's in the middle. It's crazy. Yeah. Manil, as a doctor, mm-hmm. we hear this a lot, so I'm glad. I mean, you're the first doctor I think I've ever spoken to outside of me going to the doctor, so <laughs> I'm interested in the answer to this. Um, mm-hmm. What are the key nutrients that people should pay attention to? I know you've mentioned vitamin B12. Um, and linking it to fish, actually, how important are, are omega-3s? Do you think it suffices from walnuts, chia seeds, flax seeds, or should we be taking um, an omega-3 supplement? And also, what's your view on D3? Good questions. Um, we'll tackle the omega-3s one first. Um, so from what I've read, so people who may or may not be listening, may not be, no, sorry, um, 
when you eat kind of when you when you look at omega-3 so omega-3 is an essential fatty acid so you have to get them from your diet yeah your body can't make the uh, omega-3s it can make so there's different types there's epa and dha which you tend to get from kind of marine uh life so from fish or you can get from algae which are kind of microscopic plant uh um, organisms which uh you can get it from them as well or you get the other one called ALA, which is alpha-linoleic acid, which get, comes from kind of walnuts, chia seeds, flax seeds, and it's the, high, the highest concentrations that you found in like flaxseed oil. Um, so if vegans don't eat fish, they can't get the EPA and DHA unless they supplement the algae. Uh, and a lot of vegans don't supplement the algae. They just kind of aim to get enough ALA from the walnuts, chia seeds, and flax seeds and stuff. But the issue with just getting ALA is um, the kind of, it needs to be converted to the active DHA and EPA in the body um, and the body does do that but kind of the rates at which it does do that are differ between person to person vegans and vegetarians seem to be better at converting the ALA to the EPA, uh, EPA um, and DHA but it's still not great the conversion so you have to keep quite a, a lot more of the ALA to get it converted across so the there's no set kind of you know how with most vitamins and minerals there's a kind of set this is about how much you need to get per day no one's really done that with omega threes. They've kind of said, "Oh, you know, um, aim to get um, a certain amount of uh, DHA and EPA if you're going to supplement." So they say get about five hundred milligrams per day if you're going to supplement. Um, but it's not like a strict RDA type thing. It's a, it's a, almost a, it's almost a kind of a um, if if you if you're gonna then this is what we would say to try and get or eat two servings of oily fish a week. So. Personally, I would say if you've got the money, um, then supplement with an algae supplement. Um, you can; they're not that expensive either, to be honest with you. Like, um, you can get you can get um, from most websites now. Most health food stores will have an algae version, which is vegan friendly, of omega threes, and it provides you getting about five hundred milligrams per day. Um, that's all you need, and it's, it's essential for like brain function, nerve function, eye health. Um, there's lots of kind of different things it does in the body um most most of it is brain related so you know when i've listened to people talking about like when i've looked at neuroscientists and neurologists talking about the importance of omega-3s they all say that vegans should try and supplement with a um, dha and epa um, um, supplement from algae so i would recommend it but obviously some people will say oh if i have to supplement it that means the diet is deficient blah 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 but i'm like it's it's not that the diet is deficient it's that you're, you know, you're not going to be... Firstly, not a lot of people are eating oily fish twice a week anyway. Like, the standard diet isn't that, right? Mm. So they're probably not getting the omega-3s they need anyway in the diet. So even if you're an omnivore, you're probably not getting the right amount of omega-3s. And a lot of omnivores probably aren't getting the ALA they need either because they're not eating all these other sources as well. They're not, a lot of people aren't eating walnuts and flax seeds and chia seeds either. So I think the best thing, best thing vegans can do is make sure they're getting enough ALA from these sources and if they are able to supplement, then I would suggest they do with a with an omega three. In terms of how important it is, look, you could probably live a ripe old age without even worrying about it, right? But if you want to be optimal and do everything you can to um, kind of bulletproof your your diet um, and make sure that your your cognitive health and everything is is great for the future, and you age in a healthy way and you and you've still got your mental faculties about you, this is a nice little thing to do that will give you that. But if you don't do it, it's not gonna it's not gonna be the end of the world. But you are running maybe a small risk of you know, not not being as sharp as you as you as you as you um, as you age. Um, but there's no kind of yeah. as far as I know, there's no huge evidence base on kind of people who haven't supplemented versus who have. 
it's really important in pregnancy though so people mm-hmm. who are thinking of getting pregnant and are pregnant they should supplement that's like without question because it's important for the developing fetus and, and the brain health of the developing fetus as well so um so that's why I, yeah. I would say kids pregnancy definitely supplement adults probably should supplement but it's not the end of the world if you can't uh, and make sure you're eating enough yeah. ala from the chia seeds flax seeds and walnuts so a serving is like a handful of walnuts a serving of chia seeds a serving of flaxseed like milled flaxseed because if you eat the whole flaxseed it's hard to get everything you need from it so getting it in like milled ground up form is better yeah yeah, yeah it's interesting because uh, I think it is like inflated isn't it the old vegan diet with you know getting the correct um, uh, nutrients and minerals and whatnot mm. and like you said if you don't ever take an omega-3 supplement you're still probably going to be okay it's just very yeah. um What's the word? Amplified uh, if you're on a vegan diet for some reason. Funnily enough, I spoke to my my meat-eating friend on Saturday and he said Mm -hmm. um, he's had kidney troubles and Mm -hmm. he went in to have his uh, bloods checked and he he was um, deficient in B12 and he's a massive meat-eater and people don't understand that deficiencies come with all diets, don't they? And if you eat unhealthily or don't eat as well as you can, you're going to run into the odd trouble here and there yeah exactly so uh, you know i think it, this was a study in america i think it was like 30 to 40 percent of omnivores are deficient in b12 um and if b12 deficiency goes up as you age as well wow. so it's just like it depends on your overall diet if your if, if your overall diet isn't good or if you're not absorbing it properly because you've got gut issues um you know as you get older your appetite gets lower as well uh, and your absorb- ability to absorb things goes down as well you know, it, it can you can run into these problems. You know, a lot, a lot a lot of people who are iron deficient, they're not all vegans. You know, but you get lots of iron deficiency in omnivores as well. So it's not, it's not. Um, I would say it's not veganism that's the problem. It is an unplanned diet that's the problem. And any any diet can be poorly planned, yeah. and poorly executed. So if you're someone who really does care about your health and wants to optimize your diet, be it vegan or not vegan, you need to pay attention to all these things. And I think yeah, you're right. People have kind of people go on about veganism and b12 and all these things and say oh it's deficient oh you need supplements well the supplement industry has existed for years and years and years right holland barris has been there for years it's not vegans that have been keeping supplement yeah. industry alive it's it's everyone you know even protein powders it's not vegans that have been using yeah. protein powders for years it's been everyone everyone's been using whey protein for years so it's 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 really funny that people point to supplements and say oh look you need these to be healthy when actually they've been around for years and they're only a way of kind of bulletproofing the diet or optimizing your health you mentioned d3 as well um so d3 is important um oh yeah yeah it's called like the sunshine um vitamin it's more of a it's more of a precursor hormone actually but anyway we think of it as a vitamin uh, because it's easier to think of it that way but you need you need to get it from you basically you make it from sunlight so when you get sunlight hitting your skin your body then uh, does a few chemical reactions to then uh, get the d3 it needs and the d3 is important in kind of getting the calcium that you need from your diet and using it to help uh, build your strong bones so if you if you are deficient in d3 then the calcium you're eating uh, won't necessarily get used to mineralize your bone so you can get a kind of what we call osteopenia which is the weakness uh, a demineralization of your bones and over time as you age if you get if, it, if this gets worse and worse you can get something you can run into real trouble called, and get something called osteoporosis which is actually when your bone is so demineralized that it's prone to fractures it becomes basically brittle so if you fell you could fracture something 
and actually people who are um, a low body weight are at really high risk of this uh, postmenopausal women as well so when when women go through the menopause their estrogen estrogen levels drop and estrogen is actually uh, very protective for bone and for heart health as well um, and once it, once that hormone goes down uh, the quality of bone in women also seems, seems to go down as well so we often tell people to make sure that they're getting mm -hmm. enough vitamin D3 uh, be it from 15 minutes of sunshine on, on your bare body if you live in a sunny country or if you live in the UK uh, Scotland, Scandinavia, where, where sunlight isn't that great, you need to supplement, especially during the winter months. Uh, we'll talk about how much in a second, but um, you make sure you get enough vitamin D3, get enough calcium, and it's really important that you re do resistance training as well. So what we do in the gym, lifting weight, that also helps to strengthen the bone as well and slows down this process of osteoporosis. Um, as for how much vitamin D3 you need per day, um, there's no kind of huge, there's a lot of kind of conflicting uh, consensus on this as well I tend to tell people to take between kind of if they if they've got um, enough vitamin D and they're not completely deficient so a blood test will tell you basically if you're deficient and usually if you go to the doctors and say oh, I'm really really tired all the time my bones hurt or you know it's usually quite easy to get a vitamin D3 test from your GP uh, but they will only request it if you've got symptoms um, and and what they'll see is if you're sufficient uh, so if you've got enough vitamin D, or if you if you're insufficient, or if you're if you're um, uh, deficient, if I, so sufficient, insufficient, deficient, and if you're deficient, they'll give you a high dose to take mm -hmm. over a period of six weeks, like really high, like you're talking about ten thousand, twenty thousand units every week kind of thing. If you're in, if you're insufficient, they'll just tell you to get an over the counter supplement, and you can get like a thousand to two thousand five hundred unit supplement. And if you're sufficient, that means you've got enough D three, you're you're okay. But I would still say in winter time, make sure you're supplementing with about 800 to 1,000 uh, IU just over the winter months because that's when yeah. you're not going to get any sunshine. Um, and in terms of calcium, yeah. again, you want to make sure you're getting, in the UK, we say about 700 milligrams per day. So for good bone health, you need both calcium and vitamin D3. Um, and, and calcium, people say, oh, well, if you're not drinking milk, where are you going to get your calcium from? If you're not eating cheese, where are you going to get your calcium from? But it's found in, um, you know, like soy milk, it's, quite, it's fortified now soy milk, soy yogurt, mm. and all these things are fortified with calcium in it. So as long as you're having a few servings of those a day, um, you'll get enough calcium. Also, you get it from leafy green vegetables like kale, broccoli. Um, you can get it from lentils and legumes as well. There's a good amount of calcium in there. And tahini, if you like mm -hmm. hummus, tahini has uh, calcium in it. And the last mm -hmm. one is calcium set tofu. So if you're buying tofu, try and buy one that's set with calcium. So when people make tofu, there's like to make it the way it's like firmed. Uh, they add uh, different chemicals. Mm. Chemicals, such a bad word, right? But they add certain uh, things to it to make it <laughs> set that way. And one of the sometimes they use ca um, calcium. Yeah. And the Cauldron Tofu brand, they use a uh, calcium. So I would say eat that as well um, to get enough calcium. Oh, and then okay. you're, then you're That's fine. interesting. I didn't. I, I never heard of that before. The um, calcium infused tofu. I never heard of that, but I'll definitely look yeah, out yeah. for it. Yeah, Cauldron's the best one for that quality yeah yeah some really uh, in-depth info mate there um hopefully it wraps up any misconceptions that people have got over you know making the switch or you know i think i think the i do think we passed the the protein and the gym questions now and i think there's a lot of focus on you know these minerals and yeah, vitamins yeah. That, that we might lack but hopefully that clears it up for a few people mate yeah so the interesting the interesting thing is like they did a study on like um the countries that have the highest rates of fractures 
are also the c- countries that eat the most mm. dairy. Um, so, and, yeah. but what I think is happening is I heard, is, I, I heard about that. Yeah, 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 I heard. But the thing, what's happening there is those countries as well aren't getting enough vitamin D three. So even if they're getting enough calcium, yeah, I don't, I don't know if the dairy is doing anything to the bones. There's, there's, there's all this kind of noise about that maybe being a factor. But my personal theory is that these countries yeah. are not getting enough vitamin D three either. So it just shows you how important it is that vitamin D three is there. Yeah, and it also shows you that just because you're drinking milk and and consuming a lot of dairy doesn't mean you're going to have strong bones, basically. So the important thing is the calcium, yeah. the vitamin yeah. D three, and resistance training as well. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Talking of dairy, mm-hmm. I've heard this, I think we've done 25 episodes now of this, and a few times it's came up where people have said they haven't been ill, uh, that they're not getting as much mucus anymore, less coughs, less colds. Mm. I, for one, um, other than COVID or whatever the hell that was a few years ago, um, other than that, I haven't really been ill. Uh, could you say the same yourself? And do you, th- if so, do you think dairy is linked to that, um, you know, mucus buildup and, and just being ill in general? I think um, there's been I think there's been some kind of case reports or like small studies that people have reported that when they don't eat dairy they don't get as much what we call catar that mucus buildup you're talking about. But there's no, when you look at mm. kind of all the evidence, it doesn't really it doesn't say neither here nor there whether cutting out dairy is going to be beneficial in that way. The one thing I will say is that dairy products, so like cheese, full fat milk, and uh, full fat yogurt and things. <clears throat> the problem with those is that they can be high in saturated fats and the and when you increase the saturated fat intake in the diet you can increase your risk of heart disease so we find that actually if you're going to consume if you're going to consume dairy like health wise then sticking to low fat dairy seems to be better um if you cut dairy completely out of your diet then you're not doing yourself a disservice in any way or form and as you said some people report health benefits but, but again there's nothing there's nothing to say that that you'll you'll definitely Im- improve kind of your mucus or things like that with, from having cutting out dairy. You know, personally, I think we shouldn't be eating dairy anyway because you know we're not baby cows and 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 it is literally meant for baby cows yeah. to eat. Uh, in terms of have I noticed myself not get sick as much? I think yeah, since going vegan, I haven't I haven't I've not had food poisoning apart from one time where I had some really bad mushrooms. Um, but in terms of how often I used to get an upset stu- upset stomach. And, and get gastroenteritis from from the meat I was eating. That was quite frequent. My digestion was really poor when I was eating meat. I always felt sluggish. Uh, I feel much lighter now. Um, you know, and I think, yeah, yeah, definitely. I can't say if it's stopping dairy or not, but I definitely think that I do do not get sick as much as other people. But I think that's kind of my overall diet is just healthier. Like I eat a whole food diet. Um, try and not eat as much heavily processed vegan food because uh, it's so easy right to just yeah. get you know ready meals and 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 vegan burgers and stuff all this t- stuff tastes great but you don't want to make sh- make that the main part of your diet you want to make sure you're eating more whole foods like vegetables legumes your seeds your nuts um your whole grains uh, tofu and things seitan you want to make sure you're eating those things more so i think because of that yeah. I'm, I'm a bit healthier as well um but yeah i, I yeah. can't say whether yeah. or not it's because of dairy yeah I'd, I'd answer the same myself to be honest uh, people ask me and stuff and I can only be honest and say mm. um, you know you know, I'll tell it as it is I, I haven't been ill or I've definitely got less mucus whether it's because of that uh, I don't know I can only tell the truth but um, but I have spoke to a lot of people you know and they they're veget- they're, sorry they go vegan they're vegetarian they go vegan and then when they have a pizza again 
it really upsets them. Um, and I've heard that quite a lot. So I wouldn't mind betting that, you know, it, is, it has got a big part to play. Um, about 70% of the population seems to be some some form of shape, um, some shape or form lactose intolerant anyway. Um, so you'll notice yeah. a lot of people do get upset stomach having uh, having dairy, but a lot of them just carry on and have it anyway and just take the upset stomach because they're so, just so addicted to things yeah. like cheese and, um, you know, cream and ice cream and things like that, which is the, the vegan products exist now, which are, yeah. you know, most of them are as good. Um, you know, vegan ice cream is basically the same now I'd say and you know the only thing we're probably catching up on is a vegan cheese um, so if you're someone who's obsessed with cheese then yeah, that's, what, that's what people say isn't it when they when they can't go vegan they normally blame it on cheese so um, you know it's just th- that's the thing yeah. people make that choice where, it's a shame isn't it it's, um, it is a shame and it's also a yeah, lot of, a lot a of them can't even digest it see, people seem to be able to give up meat but not, not cheese and it's like well mm. surely meat's the harder one to give up um, but obviously not um yeah. People just love pizza, and I just yeah. But you're right; it, it is it is got to catch up. I mean, there's yogurts that are fine; they taste bang on. You know, the, you got your butter, um, and even obviously you got your plant milks. But the cheese is just a little bit lacking. But I'm not really too fussed about cheese. Um, Same. And to be honest, it, I, I think even if they made even if they made like a full on replica that was just ten out of ten, I don't think I'd be that bothered, bothered about it. Um, but Cathedral City will do for now, I think. Yeah, and it melts okay. It's not too yeah. bad. Um, before we go, mate, morning till night. What does Doctor Patel fuel the body with um, in order to maintain or build muscle, and not to put on too much fat? <laughs> yeah, that's always that's always the trick, isn't it? Um, making sure you your the diet's kind of at the level where you know you can accept when you're trying to gain muscle, you can accept a little bit of fat gain, but you don't want to be eating too much in excess um so i guess my breakfast is always pretty much the same uh people who follow me probably know that i love eating porridge oats um and i used to like make them almost like i used yeah. to decorate them almost uh which i still do every now and then but not as much um but yeah it'll be bowl of oats with a, i always put a scoop of protein in there because one i like the taste two it's a convenient way to get protein i like making sure that my first meal has a good amount of protein in it because you know overnight you've basically been fasting um, and overnight your body's been trying to make new proteins and stuff so in the morning you're almost like primed to get a good amount of protein in and a lot of people's breakfasts are very deficient in protein so I make sure that my breakfast has a good amount in it with super protein, soy milk, oats and I always have frozen blueberries um, they're, they're one, of the, the health, one of the healthiest fruits you can eat um, so I make sure I eat a big serving of frozen mm. blueberries every morning um, I will throw some cheese seeds on there so either, che- either I'll if I've got chia seeds, I'll make sure they're milled or flax seeds again, make sure they're milled um, or I'll throw in some hemp seeds that have been deshelled. Um, yeah, I mean, or, or some peanut butter <laughs> or almond butter. So I always get like a healthy fat source. You know, you've got your healthy protein sources as well and healthy whole grains and fruit. So that's breakfast. Lunch tends mm. to be, it really depends. So like, so it's been quite hot recently. So I've been enjoying having like a big bowl of kind of salad. Uh, but when I say big bowl, I'm talking about like a really mm. huge bowl salad. So it's like loads of different mixed greens, leaves, um, shredded beetroot. Um, monster salad. Yeah, monster salad. I get like I normally get tofu or tempeh, and I cube it up, and then I've I've marinated that to make it like taste taste nice. Um, I've also put in like I'll always put in a half can or a whole can of beans. So either be kidney beans, canelli beans, butter beans, mm. some sort of bean in there as well. Uh, again, for the extra protein, but also for the fiber the um 
the the complex carbohydrates that you get from beans um and if i'm trying to gain weight or bulk i'll add like um a whole sweet potato as well again i've cubed it and air fried it which then you put in a salad and you mix it it's completely fine and for a dressing i don't use like store-bought dressings mm. ever um i've started making my own hummus at home mm. so i'll make my own hum- beetroot hummus and i'll put yep. that as the dressing um and yeah that's that's a really healthy Beautiful. kind of big like good salad and if i want to increase the calories slightly i'll drizzle on some olive oil or drizzle on some flaxseed oil um for a snack i tend to have like um so if i'm training i always have a post-workout protein shake just because it's really ingrained in me to do that you don't i want to make sure that people know you don't have to do that but i've just been so used to having a shake in my bag as soon as I work out because it will take me a while to get home and make dinner and everything so I'm always like you know there's no there's no such thing as this anabolic window you don't have to get your protein in that, in that half an hour no you don't have to do that but I've just done it since yeah, I was yeah. a kid so I've, yeah. I've been used to doing it so I always have a snack as a protein yeah. shake um, if I'm not training I'll make like a yogurt again because it's really sunny I'll, I'll make Alpro plain yogurt I'll put a, t- a small scoop of protein in there just for the flavor like make it like vanilla flavored or whatever and I'll chuck in loads of frozen fruits uh, again, some more milled flaxseed and stuff. Um, if I'm trying to gain weight, I'll chuck some granola in there as well. Again, just make a high, high snack, high protein and, and medium carb snack. And then dinner will be yeah. like um, a, a bean chili with tempeh or a stir fry. Um, so again, I'm getting. Mm-hmm. If you've noticed, the the rule is I'm getting a good protein source at every meal and snack. Um, I'm making sure there's enough kind of fiber. Mm-hmm. I'm making sure there's enough complex carbs. So stir fry will be like you know your peppers. Uh, spring onion, uh, broccoli, carrots. Um, what else do I chuck in there? Sometimes a uh, pak choy as well. So another healthy green vegetable. Um, yeah. Onion, garlic, ginger, um, and then I'll cube up tempeh, stir fry it with like soy sauce, um, and like some sriracha as well, some chilies, and then chuck in like um, whole wheat noodles sometimes if I want extra carbs. And if I and also edamame beans as well. So again, I'm getting another serving of beans yeah. in there. So all of this stuff like adds up. Like it's a lot yeah. of fiber, it's a lot of healthy carbohydrates, and, and a lot of plant protein. So if you're eating like that, there's no, yeah. way, there's no way you can't like gain, gain or retain muscle. There's, you know, that's yeah. just become it's become very easy yeah. for me. Is it, it's interesting to when ninety five percent of your, your your friends and family are not vegans. It's quite interesting to listen to what other people eat as well. Oh, and um, I mean, you've got to be eating, you've got to be hitting one hundred and eighty gram of protein, haven't you? Really, I'd say there. With what yeah, you so, just mentioned. so that's the thing. So like I've when I've uh, calculated it, I normally get anywhere between hundred to hundred and fifty. Anywhere between hundred and hundred and fifty. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like yeah, if I if, yeah. I if I if I was adding scoops of protein, like big scoops, then I'd get way more. So I've cut down how much protein scoops I use just so I don't overdo it. Yeah. Because like I said, it's like one, you're just yeah. wasting your money by keeping on buying protein powders, and two, it, you just don't need it either. So you know like i've managed to actually yeah. cut down how much protein i'm consuming by not having to rely on the protein powders and just knowing what healthy sources of plant protein to eat yeah yeah it's definitely um it's definitely overrated i think it's definitely overhyped um protein definitely. intake i mean like you say you're getting 100 to 150 um Easily. i'm getting about the same and i've seen i've definitely seen good results man the last the last six months um proof is in the pudding man so yeah the, it's um, for anyone who was, you know, questioning the bioavailability and whatever else. Yeah, the most the most important thing is uh, the actual exercise. 
So if you're if you're doing oh yeah the exercise correctly and you're sleeping as well, so a lot of people will blame the food, but actually if if you're training like crap, then the stimulus to actually build muscle isn't there. Yeah. So so another study they did was yeah. they actually got people. Um, they I think they train they trained one leg and they didn't train the other leg, but the and and they they gave the people that were training a lower protein diet and they gave the people that weren't training a higher protein diet and the people obviously that trained built yeah. muscle. So it didn't really matter that the other people were eating higher yeah. protein. Without the muscle stimulation, you're not gonna you're not gonna build muscle. So you need this actual resistance training to yeah. be there um, for the body to try and adapt. And then everything else after that is just recovery, right? So the amount of food you're eating, the calories, the protein, the sleep, all of that's gonna help it. Yeah. Um, without the training, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I 100% can relate, yeah. I'd, when I mentioned before that I was on 160 and now I'm on 120, the difference, all I did was change up my, my, my training and, and since I've been on 120, uh, the results are crazy compared to when I was on 160. Um, I'm having less protein, but the way I did things and you know the, the, the type of training I was doing, obviously, was, was the, the problem. And I did feel like I hit a bit of um, a wall before, um, but obviously, like you say, without that, without that stimulus you know the, it's, people can easily pin it on the on the diet can't they and the calories mm. but it's not always the case mm. um but manil thanks for your chat mate it's been an hour and 20 nearly um <laughs> Sorry, it's been good to hear it from a doctor's view because there's there's a lot of uh like you said there's a lot of misinformation you're a doctor mm. with living proof and um and you give us some uh, good good info mate so thank you very much yeah no worries mate Went on, went on a bit long, didn't it? <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, to be honest, mate, that that, that flowed. I'd, it, it, it seemed, uh, I guess, about 45, 50 minutes, but uh, it's what happens, man. But uh, now that's great. Thank you, mate. I'm sure I'll see you at some event in the future, you whether it's uh, you can camp, know, out. camp out or... Yeah, yeah, I'll, be, I'll probably be at camp out. Is it, is it this month? It's uh, this month, yeah, end of this is month this... in uh, Bicester. Oh, I better get a move on, mate. I think... Uh, yeah, I need to get tickets, mate. I think so. If we end up do going, mate, I'll give you a shout and um, yeah, yeah. be good to have a have a chat, mate, and meet you in person. Lovely work, mate. Thank you, Manil, no and I'll see you soon, mate. And I'll send cool, it over man. to you. Cool. Enjoy the rest of your day, man. Take Thank care. Thank you, mate. Cheers.